You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Just great to have you here with us. And um, we have the real joy and honor and privilege of having Paul Mazzardi speak. Give Paul a round of applause. Come on up. Paul, um, I'll let you introduce yourself, Paul, and your family, but Paul has been in our home group for last year. We got to know you and see you guys up close. They are remarkable people with a remarkable story, and it is a joy to hear from you this morning as you bring God's word to us. Why don't we stretch our hands? I want to pray for Paul. Father, we thank you for Paul. We thank you for who he is, God, the man that you've made him to be, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through Paul this morning, God, give us ears to hear what you want to say to us. I pray for anointing on him. Pray that his words would be yours, and God, your word would just be open to us this morning. We're hungry to hear what you want to say to us, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, fill him up. Fill him up, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Josh. Good morning, everyone. And uh, good morning to those who are watching online this morning as well. And uh, I am really grateful to God who is uh, giving me uh, this opportunity to share the word of God with you this morning. And uh, also I am grateful to the leadership of uh, whole Vineyard Church for the trust in my person to be the person who is sharing this word this morning with you. And uh, really, I am really appreciating that. Thank you very much. And we give glory to God who is uh, using us. So just wanted to say that uh, I am Paul Muzadi, and uh, I have a big family. <laughs> I am married to Felicite, my wife, so, and uh, we have uh, seven children. So it's a busy, busy house that we have. And uh, yeah, this morning we had uh, an incident which uh, was not planned, but happened just to stress uh, the size of my family. One of my friends, uh, we live somewhere here in the UK, I have six children. So one day they went through the bus, they were going somewhere, and then they took a bus, and they got off of the bus, and they left one of their kids in the bus. <laughs> so he was sleeping, and then they just went off. Oh, it's our stop, our stops. They, they left, and then they tried to do the head count. <laughs> one is missing, he stayed in the bus. So they start to follow the bus to reach the next uh, stop, and they did it, and the driver noticed, and they stopped, went in, and everyone was looking at them like, what is this? What kind of parent? So something similar happened to us this morning. So I tried to ring the whole car's taxi company to have an eight-seater for 
all of them. They said, no, we can't give you one. We have to send only two cars. So they sent two cars, and I took the bus to come here as I couldn't fit in the two cars. And then somewhere along here, my wife was in the car, they stopped. I saw just a taxi calling me, stop. I went in the car and I asked her, how many are you, are you? Oh, we are just three. The others went with the first car. I said, oh, okay, that's great. And when we reached here, we asked the, the, the other group, four of my kids, where is uh, Paul Gino? They said, ah, we didn't come with him. So, <laughs> so he stayed home. Alone, and he's just five. <laughs> so thanks to Dennis, who helped quickly, took my wife, and they went and picked him. He didn't even notice that everyone was gone. <laughs> he was playing on his tablet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So if you see one of them here in this church, so... You must know that they are part of my family. So we are coming from uh, Africa, from uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, just uh, Central Africa, and we come straight from uh, Kinshasa, which is the capital of uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo. So if you sound my accent a bit uh, weird or strange, so... Be merciful with me, <laughs> because French is my first language, so English is the second language. So I've worked for the British government in Congo for almost 13 years and doing different roles in uh, the British embassy where I worked for those years. And uh, it is because of that, so this is uh, just uh, my end of service letter, but uh, you can't read anything, so don't bother it. <laughs> so, yeah, this is when I left and they gave me this as uh, my end of uh, service letter to say I worked for them for so long. You must be aware of uh, the theory that we have for these past uh, weeks and today. So we are talking about wisdom. And we are doing that through the book of Proverbs. And uh, I remember Josh introduced uh, the first time and uh, we had uh, Sid who said something on friendship. And uh, last week uh, we had uh, Sarah who said something on uh, anger and our emotions as well. So today is uh, part four of uh, this series and uh, I will be uh, talking about uh, something which is interesting and we will be reading uh, the scripture for that. But before I uh, go to reading the scripture and uh, starting to preach, I want to remind you something that... Uh, I think uh, Tom mentioned the home groups that we are restarting in September with more groups uh, which will be uh, opened. So I just want to mention that uh, in September we will be hosting as well one of the groups in our home. So, and this will be uh, in the eastern part of uh, the city. So 
again, want to urge you to sign up if you live uh, in the east part of the city so we can have uh, a time together every Wednesdays or one of those days if we have Wednesdays or Tuesdays, I don't know. So Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, I'm reading from the NIT and uh, the message. It says, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in, your, in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. From the message, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he is the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Amen. So, the book of Proverbs is a book where you encounter wisdom principles that appear so simple, yet are tremendously deep and profound. You will find a lot of uh, principles that really profound for our lives. And uh, I am sure that uh, for the past weeks uh, where we've been going through uh, this series, you can feel, you can understand how profound this book is. And this morning I want to speak about a theme which is like this. The wisdom key of trusting God. The wisdom key of trusting God. In verse 5, the wise man gives us this advice. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. I want to, before I dive to explain what uh, uh, I understand through this uh, text and what I want to share with you, I want to remind you something which is, that amongst the features of Hebrew poetry, we have one thing which is called parallelism. And parallelism is something which shows things which are parallel. So you can have it in different things. But here, when you read the, the book, you can also see a lot of parallelism in the things that wise people are saying in this book. Not only the book of Proverbs, but you can find it in the book of Psalms, you can find it in the book of Ecclesiastic, you can find it in the book of the Songs of Songs. You can find the, the use of this way of expressing ideas. And there are three sorts of parallelism that you can find in this book. The first one is what we can call synonymic parallelism, where the second line repeats the same things from the first line, but with a different words. So let's say if you read in Proverbs chapter 1, it says, verse 20, uh, sorry, I'm saying French there, verse 20, 
Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowd along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. So you have here the two sentences in this uh, verse, are a parallelism which is synonymic. So they say the same thing, but in different words. And then you have another one which is synthetic parallelism, which is, you can find it in Proverbs chapter 15, 7. It says, the lips of the wise give good advice. The heart of a fool has none to give. And here, the second line adds a new element completing the first thought. So the first thought is the lips of the wise gives good advice. But here the second one says the art of a fool has none to give. So there is a small addition that you have good things coming from a wise person, but then they add here that a fool, when he's speaking, he just gives you nothing which is good. And then you have a third parallelism, which is antithetical parallelism. Here, the second line repeats the thought of the first in a negative way. And this is what you find in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. It says that... Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. So you need to trust God from the bottom of your heart. You need to trust God with all your heart. Don't try to lean, to depend on your own understanding. So it is here an opposite to the first line. And I can tell you that's the big challenge that we have. The, the big, big challenge, because I will not ask you here to say you will never use your understanding, or you shouldn't use your understanding, you shouldn't use your intelligence. None of us will be called to do that, because even God himself, when you read Proverbs chapter, 20, chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, it says, my child, listen to what I say, and treasure my comments. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would, you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge for, of God. So, even God himself wants us to gain understanding. He wants us to be intelligent. He wants us to use our intelligence. He didn't call us to use, uh, to be like robots. No, he wants us to use our intelligence. But there is a challenge. The challenge is we don't need to depend on it. We can use it, but we shouldn't be too reliant on it. That's the challenge. And even when you read Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, it says that God hates those who are ignorant, those who refuse to learn, and he will even cast them out of his sanctuary. 
Because God wants people who know things, who search for things, who are after understanding, after insights, but God is warning us that we shouldn't be reliant on those things, our own insights, our own understanding. We shouldn't be reliant on them. Why? The advice that is given even in the same book of Proverbs, if we read chapter 21, verse 30, it says, no human wisdom or understanding or plan can stand against the Lord. Because if you only count on the wisdom or our own intelligence, it can't stand against the Lord. It can't. Proverbs chapter 28, 26. I'm reading from the NLT, NLT. Those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who works in wisdom is safe. So we, we, we have intelligence. It's there. But the advice is we shouldn't lean on it. We shouldn't trust on it. We shouldn't depend on it in everything all the time. And when you go to the original word which is translated by trust in Hebrew, it says it is the picture of a lying helplessly face down world. So lying helplessly face downward. That's the meaning of the word trust from Hebrew. So what does it mean? It denotes a position of self-surrender before someone whose position is superior to us, who is greater than us. And then we lean down and we say, Lord, you are greater than us. We are small. We are weak. Only you can help us to go higher, to go further, to go where we need to go. By ourselves, we can't do anything. That's the position. And that's what the Lord wants us to have as a position from this verse. To depend on him. To rely on him. To have our eyes fixed on him for everything, in everything, in every moment. And it's clear in the verse, it says, with all our hearts. And I want to try and illustrate what I'm telling you here from my own experience. Before I go far and try to pull out some of the things that we've learned with my family being here in the UK for the past four years and something, I want to just show you how I went through a process of not following the advice that the Lord is giving at first and then doing the contrary and then coming back to his advice. Are you with me? When we came to the UK uh, in January 2018, we came from Congo as uh, the map was showing where I was working for the British government as I mentioned before. 
So I claim asylum. Why? Because we had some security issues in my own country, which were not allowing me to go back with uh, the government and at the same time with uh, a powerful businessman. Uh, this, this was due uh, for the work I was doing. So in the two occasions with the government and the second one with uh, the powerful uh, businessman, it was because of my work. Because of some position that I took with my work, it led them to persecute me and follow me. So for many years. And then I said, no, enough is enough. So I came here and I said, okay, should I stay? Should I go back? Should I stay? Should I go back? It's dangerous. Can I cope? Can I not cope? A lot of thinking, a lot of things going inside myself, my wife, uh, not really my kids because they were not understanding anything at all. Uh, they were seeing things but not understanding everything. So we said, yes, we are staying. And then we stayed. And, you know, I had so many tangible things which I could see from my own intelligence, from my own way of seeing things, on which I could be so sure that everything will be smooth, everything will go just faster. That's the way I saw things. And what did I have? I had a recommendation letter from my former employer who was no other than the British government department, saying, Yes, this guy should stay in the UK. This guy has worked for us, and we are really advising that he stays there because of security reasons. I had a letter like that. So when I decided to stay here, two of my managers, my team leader and my line manager, were here on leave. It was January. So uh, no, my line manager was here first on leave. So she came to see me. She said, oh, it's tough, it's difficult. We are behind you. We will help you. Don't worry. Count on us. We will help you. Second, secondly, a few months later, my uh, team leader, in, former team leader, because I had resigned, so she came to see me where we were in Birmingham. So she came all the way from the north here. She came to see me. We are with you. We will help you. We are just waiting. Whenever the home office will come and ask us anything about you, we tell them everything is finished. So I add that. So I add so many evidence, many correspondence, letters, minutes, Notes on the files, the discussion with minister here, everywhere, all the senior people discussing the issue with me. So I was so confident that with all of those things, my file will just fly. They say, oh, you have, when you come in, you claim six months later, you have your big interview. I was like, after the big interview, everything is finished, done. And my life continues. It was not the case. And I was really 
by how things went. Because the last thing I was looking at at that point was God. This can seem like a big surprise because I was like confident it's a process. I was like, it's a process. As it is a process, it's a process, it's files, documents, they will go, they will assess, and then I go, I say something, and then after all, they will decide because of what they see. That's the way I thought. But I was praying. Are you with me? I was still praying. I said, God, help us. But in my prayers, I was like, I was not like, that's the main thing. <laughs> because I saw that I had a lot of things, and I was like, ah, I'm sure with all of this backing stuff, ah, everything is fine. Are you with me? Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. And then when the response came, the decision came, February 2019, it was like a big, big refusal, and one of the biggest, because they define it like clear and founded. What does this mean? This means that your story, everything is not true. You have to go back to your country. I was like, what is this? With all of this. And then my wife told me, say, no, no, no. no. The Lord has spoken to me and I understand what happened. You are so reliant on all your backings. Every time when you speak, I can see every time when you think and you speak, you talk more about what your former employer will do than what God will do. So I believe humbly that the Lord is teaching us something here. That it's not all of those things that you should look at. You should look at him. Are you with me? You should look at him. So, I can tell you that uh, it is a big, big battle that we've had. And when you come to our life today, I can tell you that there is a big, big battle for trust. You know, for a country like here where we are so reliant on the news. People watch the news all the time. And uh, the telephone companies have helped us. So you have it on your phones all the time. And if you have allowed the notification, so they pop up, they pop up, they pop up. And to tell you that uh, uh, the UK is going to uh, recession, it's pop-ups, yeah. so you can see, yeah. if you are someone who is really uh, up-to-date, so you check, ah. you are informed. The cost of living, so many things, rumors of wars, there is uh, this ongoing pandemic and uh, some monkeypox coming as well, its way. So you have all of those things which are a big, big challenge to our trust for God. So all of us, as we are sitting here, I can tell you that 
we, we've gone through what we've gone through, but I can tell you that everyone here in this place, we can be going through one challenge or another, which is challenging our trust in God. Because that's uh, the challenge which is there permanently. Because our trust demonstrates our faith in God. And the enemy wants to steal that. He knows that when he steals that, you can stay in a position, a state where he can do whatever he wants to do in your life. Because you are just like him. Because Hebrew chapter 11 says that God likes those who have faith in him. Those who have faith in him are those he really appreciate. So the enemy looks at ways how he can withdraw you and put you far from God by the lack of trust, trust in God, by the lack of faith in God. So I want to ask you a question, which is, how do we know if we really trust the Lord with all our heart? When you read uh, verse 9 and verse 10 of the same chapter 3 of Proverbs, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of your, your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vat will brim over with new wine. So, you trust the Lord by doing certain things. And here, the wise or the writer is telling us that it is by doing things like giving to the Lord our money, our goods, the things that we have, presenting them to him. So there is the way we do things, the way we speak, so if you read, you can see that those things will signal how we love the Lord and we are trusting him. And if you read history, you will find that John Wesley, who is the founder of uh, the Methodism movement, there is this quote which says that uh, when he was just a fellow of Oxford University, he had an income of 30, he was, yes, he had an income of 30 pounds a year, just 30 pounds a year. And he lived on 28 and gave away two pounds, which was like 15%. And some years later, his income had increased four times to 120 per year. He still lived on 28 Pound and gave away 92, almost 77%. So you can see how he was so dedicated to God that he could give 77% of what he had as income to God and trust God for everything else. And then later, 
you will see that he practiced, he practiced that. And many years later, in 1881, Holy Trinity here in Hall, which was then evangelical, had 1,000 people attending every Sunday. And then all the five Methodist chapels in Hall had 1,000 people each. And in 1885, the three primitive Methodist circuits in Hall had a total of 5,000 children attending Sunday schools. Do you see how applying verse 10 or verse 9 in his life and then verse 10 also coming to life? How the bands were filled, overflowing with souls, because he was so faithful, so faithful to God, doing what he could do with what he had, and the Lord was looking at him and saying, I will also give many souls to the ministry. Are you with me? So you need to do something. You need to say something to demonstrate that you trust the Lord. You need to say something, you need to do something. You need to give something to God. It signs that you trust him. And the Lord wants you to be aware of that. He wants me to be aware of that. And when we came in, one of the things that we learned when we went through that process was that we were proved wrong. And personally, myself, I was proved wrong. I was proved wrong by the fact that I was counting on all the backing of my former employer, but the Lord was like, no, this is wrong. And then what did I do? I changed. I reset everything. And then trusted the Lord and gave my all life to the Lord, started serving the Lord. Out of the only 300 that we have been receiving as benefits or as support from the government per week, we gave whatever we could give to the Lord. At the same time, we gave ourselves only to the work of God from the church where we were going previously from before we come to this church. At the point where we were in February of the same year when we, when we received our refusal, we were ordained as pastors in that church. We gave only ourselves to God. We started to do God as a priority, and the Lord taught us that he was the priority for us. We should do everything he wanted us to do, not counting on whoever or whatever. Are you with me? And the second thing that we learned was Isaiah chapter 25 verse 1 says, Oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks to your name. For you have worked wonders, plans forms, formed long ago, which perfect faithfulness. So we've learned that we need to trust God because of his nature. 
his nature. He never changed. He is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. And we decided that we should look at him. He is the one who has the master plan. He has the plan from A to Z. He knows everything. We may be lacking knowledge, but he knows everything. He sees everything. So we need to trust him and not trust on our own understanding. And I, I, I will just remind you when you think of that, of uh, some of the discoveries which came out of uh, this uh, uh, telescope which was sent a few months ago, I think last December, uh, into space, uh, James Webb. When you look at the pictures and the things it's bringing out, you can see the greatness of God. You can see how God is big. How God has planned a lot of galaxies, a lot of uh, stars, how they live, how they die. And uh, this uh, telescope is uh, better than the previous one and can see things uh, better. So you understand that for us, God is behind all of those things. So if he can do things like that, greater like that, what can he do with our lives? Smaller as they are, but precious than all of those things. Are you with me? So we said we need to trust him. He knows where he's taking us. So we just went it with the flow. We just went it with the flow. And other things that we also learned with my family during that time is that faith comes from hearing what is told. And what is heard comes by the preaching of the message concerning Christ. We understood that the word of God is the foundation of any trust that we have in him. What he says is bound to do it. So we remembered that when we came in, the first Sunday when we were sitting in London somewhere, in one of the hostels where we were put, we went to a Methodist church and one lady came to us and she said, come. She didn't know us. She didn't, we, we've never met before. She just held my hands, my wife's hands, and she said, the Lord knows you and the Lord is leading you. He knows where you are going. He knows that it can be challenging, but he is with you, and he will help you all the way. So we started to go back to all the words that the Lord gave us and lean on those words, confess those words, speak out those words. Are you with me? And one more thing that the Lord taught us was that we need to call things the way he calls things. So when the Lord was speaking to Abraham in Genesis chapter 17, he came and he said, look, you will not be called anymore Abraham. You will be called Abraham. And your wife will not be called Sarai, she will be called Sarah. So on the, 20, on the 27th of February, 
we received our refusal from the home office. And that same day, my wife gave birth to our last daughter. That same day. At 1 p.m., we received the refusal. And at uh, 6 p.m., she gave birth. So we were looking at the names to give our daughter. And then we said, we will be calling her Elsa Doxa. Elsa is the one who is bright, like the star, and Doxa, the glory of God. So we said, we are not going to stay in the darkness of the decision given to us. We are going to confess the glory of God. God is bigger than what we've heard. We are not going to call that refusal, but we are going to confess what the Lord has done for us. God is glorious. And we continued our life. We were so happy than ever before in everything we were doing. And lastly, one of the things that the Lord taught us, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says, there is a, re- a season, a time appointed for everything and a time for every delight and event or, or purpose under the heaven. So the Lord taught us that seasons changes. The Lord taught us that the season where we were will pass. We shouldn't depress. We shouldn't focus on that as the end of everything. It will pass. It's only God who is eternal. Everything others passes. And that's why when you read Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 and below, it says that when you grow, when you go through the waters, when you pass through the fires, I will be with you and I will take you to the other side. So it's on purpose that the Lord uses the verbs go through or passes. Because it doesn't say when you stay there. It's when you pass, when you go through. So these are just moments. They are just times, season. And we said, yes, Lord, we know that this season will pass. And that's why we continue to praise him. We continue to serve him. We continue to do everything with our hearts just leaning on him. Thank you for listening to the Hall Vineyard podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.